This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, Patrick Royce here with me as well. Got to talk uh, Tony Oliva and Jim Cott elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame here in just a few minutes, Patrick, and also some go for volleyball, a little go for basketball, maybe a few other things sprinkled in because like we were talking about before we started recording, there is so much stuff going on right now, but we got to start with the Vikings, Patrick. Um, <laughs> so there's a, there's a th- there's a theory of the universe that suggests that nothing about the past or the future matters to the universe <laughs> and its state. All that matters is a constantly changing present. That said, Patrick, I think Vikings fans might disagree because everybody I know going into this week was worried about the past influencing how this game against the winless Lions was going to go. And it played out in almost storybook Vikings fashion. All right. But I would like to refute that whole idea because these are the Lions. Yes, they go to Soldier Field and get beat regularly out in, in extraordinary circumstances, but not the Lions. The Lions are the reason this has been a successful franchise. Kicking the crap out of the Lions is a fine Viking tradition. Mike Tice and Brad Childers were 16 and one against the Lions, 16 and one. And we fired both of them. Uh, the Bud is in the Hall of Fame because of the Lions. That's the only reason he's in the Hall of Fame, the <laughs> Lions. The Lions have been the great cushion from mediocrity that, you know, on those, when they escape, when they go 10 and six, instead of eight and eight, it's because of the lions. And let's put Cameron Dantzler in the all time Viking. What the hell were you doing? Hall of fame. What was he doing on that last play? Where is he going? He looked, I said on Twitter, it looks like he was playing hide and seek. Where the hell is he going? He had, had to defend the minus 15. Yeah. Yeah. What, whatever that was. Uh, you know, you know what we used to, a hundred years ago, we called that play the button hook. You know, yeah. you just run down, turn yeah. around, face the face. The, uh, did he, so they got to tell us was, was how about, Zim's post-game guy, he, he didn't quite, he wasn't quite sure who was supposed to cover him. He said he didn't know if Xavier was supposed to be there or not. Some quote like that. Well, he had to be turning him loose for somebody, didn't he? Dance you think run? so? I mean, it, it's the final but, play of the game. Like, and you've yes. got the, you got the, the end zone line as your boundary, but, but so. You should never, even if you're, even if you have to cover him, if indeed he, he you know, he, he, just stops and then takes off again. You got to be somewhere near him. Yes. You got to be near him. You can't just turn around and say, well, he might run a fade route here eventually. So I think I'll run back here. It, it, it was incredible. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and uh, you can't get beat uh, with somebody in front of you in that place. Gotta, if someone catches a touchdown over you, behind yeah. you, you know, that's, yes. you live with it. It's, it's a great, a great throw, a great catch, probably in that scenario. Cause you got, you know, you're only rushing three. You got eight guys back there. Um, yeah. And you know, get, put him, put him at the two, put him at the goal line, put him in front of the receiver and make Jared Goff make a play. Yes. And that's, that's the size of window that Jared Goff needs that you gave him eight feet, yes. you know, 10 feet. Otherwise, 
if there's anyone around there, he's going to screw it up and you're going to win the game. It was, uh, it was amazing to me that they, well, but the whole thing, and Gessley did a good job in his gamer today, the whole thing of letting these guys march down the field, completing one pass after another, when they had three points the second half, right? They had done nothing. They were terrible. They were, they were trying to sit on the lead the whole half. How come all of a sudden you stop rushing the quarterback and just play? You can't be playing semi-prevent defense in that situation, even if it is the Lions. No, you can't. If there there had been like 45 seconds left when that draft started, maybe there's some logic to that. But there was almost two minutes left. Like you can't, even against an awful offense, a a winless team, you know, these guys are professionals. Like they can complete 10 yard passes over the middle and get down (laughs) into a spot where they can beat you in the end. It was, yeah, it was, it was was brutal. I would, is Zim going to be the coach Tuesday? Um, I mean, it's a short week. I just, it's hard for me. Yeah, that's true. It's a short week. I never thought of that. At this point in the season, I think he makes it all the way. It just, it doesn't seem like. No, I think you're right. I forgot they were playing Thursday. He'll make it to Thursday. If they lose Thursday, he's not going to coach the next game. I thought, you know, I could see that. I could see that because at that point, the season is done. They they can't recover from that. Then you got 10 days. And uh, I mean, he looks like a dead man walking to me. That is, his quotes and his, uh, I mean, he's, he's, you know, some of the stuff. I mean, like, I don't know what the hell they're doing, basically. He said on that yeah. last play when I said, yeah, I don't know what they thought they were supposed to be doing. Uh, but he's obviously, I think he's trying to be vague without lighting somebody up. Right. But, uh, in a game like that, the old Zim. This is the new Zim who wants to be nice to people because he thinks right. that's the, what the management wants, I guess, or something. The old Zim would have lit up about three guys publicly oh, yeah. on that last play. So I, I like the old Zim better. Yeah. So. The, let me read you a tweet from uh, Joe Banner, former uh, team president with the Eagles and Browns. He used to work for ESPN. Zimmer goes to prevent defense versus an 0-10 team for half of the last drive and a three-man rush for the next five plays. Guess what? They blew the lead. This against a bad offensive line and a quarterback who can't handle pressure. I don't think the public realizes how many games are decided by coaches. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Uh, well, I can't agree. I think I think Joe summed her up pretty well. Yeah, I saw that last night. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's about yeah, it. That's it was. Right. I just don't. Yeah. I don't get it. And on top of that, the the reshuffled offensive line. If we if we can talk about that for a minute. Um, now, I'm not I'm not a Rashad Hill apologist in any way. He's he's not a great tackle but he's he's kind of on your roster for a reason right he's your third he's your swing tackle yes. he's been yeah, okay and you, you promote, played half the he played half the season there you know you, you thought enough of him five years ago to start him in the nfc title game and reshuffle your whole offensive line they 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 take the weakest link on their offensive line Oli udo and put him at the premier position on the offensive line that's their key strategic adjustment when they have one injury it doesn't make any sense to me no, no, he's getting killed for that too. And I, I, 
don't blame people. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, who, what brain surgeon, uh, you know, maybe we need, maybe we need the old non-vaxxer Rick Dennison back. <laughs> Say, Sam, Probably. What, what happened to the consultant? I don't even know who the offensive coach is, but, uh, I don't know. All these guys better be sending down resumes because uh, this coaching staff is done. Uh, you know are- what? And they uh, still aren't out of the playoffs. Everybody. No. I mean, if the only team you're fighting for a spot is the Washington football team, they stink. <laughs> you know, they won again, but they stink. Or did they win? I don't know. Yeah, they're six and six, right? Yeah, they played the Raiders. I think they won that game. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know why they did. But San Francisco, they're, they're, San Francisco lost to Seattle. I mean, it's yes. still nine and yeah. eight. Still probably does it. But you had. I mean, this was the one where you're like, okay, beat beat Detroit, beat Pittsburgh. You know, two. Yeah, Pittsburgh looked better yesterday. They beat the they beat the Ravens, and the Ravens are Ravens are the worst like nine and four team I've ever seen. By the way, oh yeah. Well, the quarterback's playing terrible. Lamar right. Jackson playing awful. Tyler. I mean, he's. he's Ben, we were all laughing about how rotten Ben was. He was better than this guy. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, I, I heard the broadcasters basically doing a pretty good job on Jackson last night saying how much his teammates lack confidence in him right now because he makes terrible throws and he doesn't throw to the right guys and he's he's all screwed up. Yeah, they're, you're right. They're, and uh, Harbaugh is getting killed for going for two, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him, yeah. Jackson can maybe take off running and run two yards for a touchdown. Anyway, that's yeah. beyond the point. They're not Washington. Washington yet. won 17, 15. So yeah, they're six on six now. They're not out of it, but they should be. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that was, that was disgusting, man. Well, that was the first half was disgusting. That's right. You know, the end of the game makes it look, uh, you know, makes it look okay. They had the game in hand and they did, when you play a first half like that, you're taking chance. Everybody's saying, oh, they lost yeah. uh, They lost by one possession seven times. Well, they deserve to lose by one possession seven times, except for the one missed field goal by Joseph. Right. That one game. But, mm. but it was, it, it's, oh, man. I, think about many... oh. I mean, Campbell is just sitting there. Now he's calling the plays. He's a dummy. You see him calling the plays. He don't know what the hell he's doing. And, uh, you know, there's, they wanted to, they wanted to kick away another one and give it to you, and you wouldn't allow it. It was unbelievable. I, well, I don't know what to do. They, yeah, yeah it was just the, the, you know, the end of the first, end of the first half again was a problem. I mean, how many points did they leave on the board yesterday? Yeah. With, you know, short, you know, short field goals and going what for card? two, couldn't and get a two card? point conversion to save their what? lives. What card was he reading that he had to keep going for two? You know, he was trying to get within a field goal, and then was—I mean, (laughs) just score some points and keep scoring points against those guys. I'll tell you one thing, though. I looked at Gessley. I tweeted this out. I looked at Gessley's gamer last night and read it. He wrote another fine gamer. He does great gamers. He does, but uh, but. Uh, There was 721 comments at whatever time it was, like 11 last night. And I got to admit, for the media, there's nothing better than an embarrassing failure for the local NFL team. People go nuts. I don't we're not unique here, but 
you know, it, it, it is hilarious to me. The like, uh, you know, my friend, uh, our friends, uh, Judd Mackey do their post game right. YouTube thing now. And, and I'm sure the same thing at K fan, when you lose, you get six times as many calls as when you win. It's unbelievable. Yes. And especially if you lose, you know, you know what offended me the most about the game? What? Cousins running around trying to win the sportsmanship award after the game, shaking hands with every lion yeah. he could. Get your head down, run in utter humiliation into the locker room, and don't come out, you fraud. Sportsmanship in that situation out the window should be traded in for complete embarrassment. I agree. They wasted it. Anyway, they wasted Justin Jefferson, 11 catches, 182 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I, mean, I just, I just feel like, you know, cousins didn't play great. He, his final numbers were really good. 30 for 40, uh, 340 yards, tried, two touchdowns. He tried, he tried to screw up a few more times, but the lions wouldn't yes. let him. I, <laughs> yeah. I think the overriding thing in this game, though, is I think Zimmer just kind of choked. He just he didn't. Yeah. I don't think he the, the the moves he made, the the game defining moves he made with the offensive line and the defense at the end. Those are those are moves that if he makes, if he does the right thing or does a thing that's different than what he did, I think they win the game. And I got news for him. Mark Wilf was getting a visit from Rick Spielman today trying to save his own job i'll tell you that if zim thinks it's going to be a package deal when the two of them get run out of here i got news for him he'll have he'll have tread marks on his back from spielman driving over him like a it's got a semi man spielman will be stabbing him in the back like uh unbullet spielman's gonna He's in there trying to save his own. He's been in there trying to save his own job since they were 0-2. <laughs> so Look at all the young I, guys that are playing well. Look yeah, at all the young right, guys. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not my fault that, he, you know, he's he just, you know, it's time to get a young, dynamic, offensive guy in here, you know, to, uh, you know, let's get a, you know, some somebody's assistant, you know, somebody's quarterback coach that's 38 years old or something yeah, like that. That's going to be a move. But the rule of opposites, you always talk yeah, about it, but it's yes, right. That's right. Yeah. Hire the opposite. That's for sure. Anyway, quite a loss. That's for sure. Anytime you lose it, a Lions, uh, you know, who was really shocked that at the end that they pulled it out? The Lions. Yeah. They were, <laughs> they were, yeah, they were like, we did it. Wow. What? What? <laughs> They left this guy open in the end zone and right. let us win. Just let him run and turn around and catch the ball. That was all we had to do. <laughs> that, if, I have, if I would have known that, we would have won a whole bunch of other games. If it was right. no, it's going to be that easy. <laughs> no, God only. Cameron dancing. Cameron and he. Cameron had a chance for an interception too. To you know, he did to right the game. So no, I, that's the sum that up. They got. I think I talked about this on Access Vikings last week with Ben and Andrew. Oh, by the way, I got to mention one other thing about um, about that. But I, I said uh, I said to them, if they make the playoffs this year, they will have earned it, and if they miss the playoffs this year, they will have earned it based on that schedule. And they are well on their way to earning it. Um, and I te- I was texting with Ben at halftime of that game because I couldn't believe what was going on. <laughs> and he said they're going to come. He said he thought they were going to come back and win the game. And I said 
my text to him was 30 to 27 loss. And <laughs> the Lions had to kick the extra point. I would have been yeah. spot on. That was a half time. Right. So I'm, I will say this in their defense, not having Eric Kendricks hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's their best player. He's their best player. I mean, right. I mean, if you put everything together, I'd say he's their well, Jefferson, maybe, but he's their he's certainly their best defensive player. So yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Certainly a factor. But against the Lions, there's only so much equity you get from that. Um, Patrick, let's talk there, about one more thing. Is yeah. Harrison Smith gonna be around next year? Yeah, that's a good question too. Cam Byron. Are they going to keep paying him or are they going to, uh, I don't know how much it would cost to get out from under because they just gave him a new deal, but uh, that's right. He ain't, he's not the same either. So. No, kind of, I guess it kind of depends on how much of a house cleaning happens and how much, you know, some of that depends on contracts too. What's the dead money situation. I haven't, I'm sure that'll be a good question for January. Ben's really good at those types of stories as well. Um, I could talk about this game for days, but let's talk about uh, Tony Oliva and Jim Cott, both getting into the wow. baseball hall of fame. Um, those were, you know, guys that I did not watch growing up necessarily. I was, those a little bit before my time, but I certainly know their reputations and, you know, Tony O's brilliance, uh, maybe too short lived because of injuries. Jim Cott, had the the longer, much longer career. Um, from from your perspective, what was the? Were you surprised? Were you anticipating this? And then just you know, well, from from what you what you remember watching of those guys, um, you know, what what stood out to you? Well, first of all, uh, Rodney. When they put Rodney on the committee, I thought, yeah, good. There's a vote for Tony, and he had eleven last time. And I mean, they changed the whole committee, but then Rodney. Uh, could not be there. Uh, you know, he's got a heart transplant. The COVID numbers are soaring. He didn't want to get on a plane. And uh, so, but they, fortunately for the twins, they, uh, they put Bert in the, in, in as his replacement voter. And I'm sure he was voting in, you know, in his own proxy and also in Rodney's conscience, but uh, that helped. But I can tell you this, no bigger admirer of Jim Cott than Burt Blyleven. And because uh, he was, you know, the two Dutchmen, man, the, you know, the veteran Dutchman and the young Dutchman came up in 1970. And, you know, Blyleven just loves Jim Cott. And, of course, we all love Tony Oliva and Burt loves Tony Oliva and Rodney. Rodney roomed with him for 11 years and uh, was was like Tony was his big brother. And I talked to Rodney yesterday and he was pretty damn emotional because, uh, because of both of them made it because they, you know, they all love Jim Cott too. But I mean, be, for Tony getting it in, I mean, Rodney was just blown away and Tony, I can say this, I, you know, it, it's, you know, we don't have big buddy relationships with athletes, but uh, there's nobody I've ever gotten along better with than Tony Oliva. I admired him. I, he was my favorite player, and I'm not BSing because I just love the combination of, you know, he hit some home runs, but, but, and he hit 32 as a rookie. But the line, the screaming line drives, and uh, just, a, just a, I think he's their better. He and Puck are their best ever all around hitters. Cause they, they could hit it out of the ballpark and they could hit a screaming line drive anywhere on the field. And just, a just without, without 
I mean, having to, you know, go too crazy here, just the nicest guy that ever lived. I, yeah. I, 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 I loved him as a player. And then I got, you know, the only thing better than watching him as a player was getting to meet him, getting to talk to him, uh, spending, you know, whenever I ran into him at the ballpark for he, my first year on the beat, he was still DH in 74. And, uh, and he was a coach a long time when I was, you know, he was a coach on the beat and I got to know him really well. And we, we actually flew with the twins back then when I first went on the beat, the sports sure. first four years. And I'll tell you one thing, he did not like Rocky plane ride. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was not a good, good. Uh, he was not a good flyer. That's for sure. But just, a, I mean, the, the, all the stuff about, Tony being a great guy, it's not BS. He's just, uh, and it is funny how here's this Cuban kid grew up, you know, wearing shorts and plowing fields and, you know, hitting under a guava tree in, in Cuba, loved Minnesota. He and his wife had a spot in Miami for a few years, Gordette. And Tony was, I, I ran across something I wrote on him a few years ago, and Tony said, after a couple of weeks, we'd say, let's go home. <laughs> you know, and they'd come back to Minnesota in the dead of winter. And uh, just a Minnesota through and through. And, I mean, you've ran into them at the ballpark. Everybody's Everybody in Minnesota who's a baseball fan has a photo with Tony Oliva, either from spring training, Target Field, the Metrodome, wherever. If you ran into Tony, uh, you know, you – you love Tony because you, you know, he was always had time for people and he just, he's just a great BSer and he's got a great curiosity about things. And, uh, you know, I'm Sydney. The one thing Sydney's not around anymore. And I never asked him this, but Sydney always called him Mr. America was his nickname. So, you know, he has <laughs> nicknames for everybody. Right. And I don't know, because I think because probably Sydney had a hard time understanding him and couldn't figure out why Tony wasn't speaking the King's English, you know, from them. But, but he always, that was his nickname to him. And he also accused him of being cheap and having all his money buried in the backyard out there in Bloomington. Sydney would, Sydney would get on him about being, the same joke every time he ran into well, him. Yeah, that, and that's yeah. Sid right there. The same that's joke every right. time. Uh, yeah, I'm just babbling here, but I, no, I I love Tony Oliva as a human being. And it, here's an odd thing. I called up. I was thinking about, I should write a column about him and Gordette, right? Yeah. Being married for 53 years and her bringing this black Cuban home to Hitchcock, South Dakota, 50 some years ago, not a real Mecca of interracial marriages, I'm sure. And I called up Anita, the, the daughter, who's a great gal and a friend of mine. And, uh, and I said, hey, when, when's her anniversary date? And I called him. I, I had no idea. And I called him, called her like on Monday. And she said, Thursday. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I. So I got on a phone and I turned it around and we had it on the date of their anniversary. Yeah. I think or we might've pushed it back till Sunday, but, uh, but it was, it was fun writing that column too, because she is just unbelievable. Her love for Tony and her love for Tony's 
Cuban family. And I can tell you her Spanish is a lot better than Tony's English. That was, that was, that was, that was one thing, but it's, uh, you know, a great family lived in the same house for 50 years out there in Bloomington and, you know, got more friends than anybody. And uh, I, if I would have had some ambition, I would have went out there and, uh, and watched the celebration yesterday. But uh, uh, he's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, if you're a Minnesota sports fan of my generation, uh, this is a, this is a great day. That's for sure. And Cod, I had Cod, I mean, God love Cod too. Uh, the best ever, you know, as good a pitcher as he was, he's a better announcer and should be in the hall. He should have the Ford Frick award for the, as an announcer. Yes. And I had him on the radio as a guest for five years, I think. And, uh, when I was doing full-time radio, he could not be stumped. There was not a baseball topic. He could call up that he didn't have about three great stories to tie in for you. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic guy still golfing. He's 80. He's a, he's older than Tony, right? He must be 85, so. maybe 85. He, well, he broke in and, 59 with the Washington senators as a kid, he was like 20, 21, but, uh, great workhorse still uh, holds all the twins records for innings and stuff, which will never be broken in the modern era. for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just a, just a horse. And it is funny, isn't it? One guy voted in because of a mercurial eight years. Right. Right. And then he ruined his knee and then the other guy voted in because of his longevity. So it's a mixed bag, but uh, great. I also talked to, I also got a quote from Minnie Minosa that I sent to Howard Sicker that I mean, on Minnie Minosa from Mike Beck, Mike Beck. He sent me a little poem about, uh, of, about his dad talking to Minnie when Minnie made it to the hall of fame. That was a, that was kind of an amazing ride there that all of a sudden let's get Benny in the hall of fame and everybody got on because he had he hadn't yeah. really been a tender at all but people started looking at all his generations and his ultimate longevity and of course tony and he were buddies because you know tony was a younger obviously a much younger player but Minnie was such a legend in cuba that tony got to know him and loved him and so it was a great day for the tony oliva that's for damn sure Tony and Jim, both 83, by the way, oh, just, a, just oh, really? a wow. clarify that piece of it. But yeah, he's Tony Oliva, like you said, I and mean, you know him way better than I do, but any interaction I've ever had with him has just been, he's, he's one of those special characters in Minnesota sports. And I, I'm characters is maybe used in a different ways, but just, he's just kind of like this, this guy that's got this presence about him and just always very warm, very engaging, very, he just kind of, he, you know, when you go into a room, he is the center of attention, not because he's demanding that he just, people just kind of gravitate towards him. Yep. He is. He's a Gordon in that piece that I wrote says, do you ever made anybody who didn't like Tony? Right. <laughs> no, I haven't. So that's, uh, that's, uh, I wrote a, a thing that's going to be online here pretty minute quote, but uh, I did, I kind of led with something I've always remembered. He's in rookie 1964 and he gets, he's got nothing but line hits the first four games of an odd schedule. They played one game in Cleveland, three games in Washington, and then they're playing a double header on Sunday in Detroit. Um, they haven't been home yet. And the, we didn't see many games on TV back then, but that first game of the Sunday was on TV and you're watching TV and Phil Reagan was pitching for Detroit. Tony 
gets a line drive base hit off him in the first inning. Second inning, Reagan tries to kill him. He, uh, you know, throws right at his head. Tony goes sprawling, and a lot of people threw at Tony that year. And because that's what you did if some rookie was hitting too many line drives back through the box, you know, and he's in Detroit and he gets, uh, he gets knocked down. He gets up, he dusts himself off. And about two pitches later, he hits the ball over the center fielder's head, 440 feet in Detroit, you know, was center field and he hits it over and runs out a triple. And I said, as a guy watching TV as a 19 year old or something or 18 year old, I said, Oh, oh, this is real here. Because he gets, you know, the guy yep. dusts off and he follows with a 400 foot rocket over the center fielder's head. Dude. He could hit, man. If you did, you, the people who didn't see him, I mean, he could hit. He was, he could, he could, he knocked in 92 runs on one leg in 1973. You know, he couldn't run to first base, but he knocked in 92 or three runs. So. Yeah. He was, uh, he's one of the greats. Too bad uh, injuries shut down the latter half of his career, at least curtailed his effectiveness. But that's, that's what this committee's for. It's to recognize, you know, those who kind of, those guys who kind of fell through the cracks originally. Yeah. We have a very tough standard to baseball writers getting the 75% is not easy. No. And, and I'm glad this committee exists because, uh, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, in a way we've got some writers are saying, Hey, they're voting in guys. We only gave 30% to, well, that's okay. You know, baseball should, Baseball, one thing base, baseball is killing its traditions. And one thing it should, uh, it should be trying to sell is it's, it's, it's still got the tradition advantage over all other sports to recognize these guys as, you know, go back to 1895 and recognize Bud Fowler. That's fine. Makes, make somebody look up something and see, you know, maybe most of the young sports fans don't want to, but some people might, they learn something, you know? So. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Patrick, let's hit a few things quick here. Go for football, go into the guaranteed rate bowl, go for basketball. Let's, let's do that in volleyball. Um, I mean, we're going to skip the wild for now, even though they're awfully yeah, good. They're, watch. Boring. they're, they're not boring. Well, they're, they're... All they do is win. They're boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said on Twitter, wake me up when the Western Conference finals start. It's a team that's, that's a team that looks like it's got a little something going. You just watch them play, and they, uh, they're fun to watch, too. Oh, yes, they're playing up and down. I love this 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 coach who I did never heard of, and I thought he was some crusty old guy who would have him trying to beat you two to one. He wants to beat you five to three. Yep. I like they going up and down the ice, but that's that's my hockey observation. So Yeah. Um, let's uh let's hit uh let's hit go for basketball and go for volleyball for i can't believe i cannot go believe ben johnson has that ben johnson's got that team seven and oh and that was a legit now, win now, yes, sunday the other, the other six were all explainable going on the road to play mississippi state now i will say it sounded like it was in front of about a screaming crowd of about 1200 yeah there it didn't look like a big crowd there. when i watched it there was no noise when you can hear the basketball dribble and you know, it's a small crowd, but uh, when it's hitting the floor, but I mean, I turned it on. It was 16 to two or something. They jumped them right on the beginning. They play defense. I will give Dave Thorson credit for a lot of that. He won a lot of state titles at De La Salle because they played defense and they got them playing defense. They only played seven guys and you know, they, they got Jamison Battles, a, a legit player. Peyton Willis is 
you know, this is his ninth season of college basketball. He's getting a little better. And I don't know how they did. Then they got a bunch of, you know, poor, the guy I'm worried about is here. What are you going to do if Eric Curry, you know, can't, right. can't withstand the 35 minutes a game because they don't have any bigs at all. But uh, it's, it's, it's fun because Johnson, I don't know him well, but he's always been, seemed like a great guy. Thorson's a great guy. And, and let's face it, we thought they'd be, you know, three and four at this time and, I didn't, and oh, I, oh and 20 in the big 10. I didn't think they'd win seven games all year and they're seven <laughs> oh, and oh. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's great. You know, I hope, I hope some people show up for the big 10 opener on uh, Wednesday. Right. So we got Michigan and Michigan state coming up here. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, Michigan is not Michigan. And now I'm not suggesting they're going to beat Michigan. They shouldn't, but Michigan has had a very, unimpressive uh, preseason here. They, they are not nearly as good as they were supposed to. And did you see Juwan? Juwan has got like twice as much gray hair as he had at the start of last season. It's unbelievable what coaching does to people. All of a sudden he looks like somebody's grandpa, you know, it's uh, that's funny. It's uh, it's funny, but yeah, c- congratulations to them. And uh, yeah, it's, and, and I don't know how the Gophers ended up going down to play West Virginia to Phoenix. What, what, uh, how did this, how did this work out that they, they fell on the pecking order? What, what don't they like about us? Didn't the last couple of times we went to bowl games, a lot of people showed up. I, I don't know. I was, I was surprised they ended up in this, nothing. This is the bowl that got, that got Mace fired. Let's remember this. It was, what was it then? Uh, it was the insight 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 bowl yeah insight. three different names i think yeah there was another name too but you know that was against texas tech with graham harrell playing quarterback that's not who they're going to be right. playing now. but uh <clears throat> but uh yeah i'm surprised that they fell down to, to that i i guess maybe you know there's a lot of minnesotans who hang out in phoenix who might go to the game but I don't know. I, the, the number of Minnesotans who are going to get on a plane at today's current prices and fly to Phoenix to see him play a six and six West Virginia team. It's uh, it's kind of the uh, it's kind of a bummer when you consider that, uh, you know, the coming off the Wisconsin win and everything. But, you know, bad losses count, too. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Bowling Green in Illinois. That's Bowling, uh, yeah. yeah Illinois, didn't, that's... Those didn't end up hurting him necessarily in the Big Ten standings, but they definitely hurt him in the bowl race. But at least, sure. at least we can hang our our hat on the pride of the Big Ten West showing up on Saturday in the Big Ten title game. Forty-two to that's three. Forty-two to three. The Hawkeyes. You know, God Almighty. They're the only team that could win a division title and their fans got to turn around and say, what happened? We stink. Right. Offensively, they're just awful. Yes. And, and they somehow won the Big Ten West. You know, I was when I was talking to Joe Maturi about uh, the, uh, the slab of bacon trophy, right. he, he told me how dedicated Delaney was to having balanced divisions. That's why they had the legends and the leaders when they started off. Yeah. They ought to go back to the legends and leaders. This is a joke. It know? is. It is. It's, it's the, the inequality. In it. And I think we've talked about this, like Nebraska has foiled a lot of this. 
the failure has been Nebraska. Yes, they were supposed to be a powerhouse, and they ended up one and eight in the conference. They're close, though. They're close. <laughs> Scott Frost is just a shock. And Frank Solich got fired because he was nine and three. <laughs> And now, now they're three and nine, and they can't fire the guy. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Well, let's hit go for let's hit go for volleyball quick. They advanced oh. to the Sweet Sixteen, beat Stanford in straight sets. This is, doesn't look like it's the same Stanford team maybe no, we were used not. to seeing, but still, no you beat plumber. Plumber's not walking through the door for them. But uh, that that you know that team we saw in 2018, and they won again in 2019. That was a machine. They're just. They had a couple of good players, but I was there and it was fairly obvious. It was 16, 16. And then the Gophers went on a little run and it was fairly obvious by early in the second set that it was going to be, that it was going to take four sets at the most. And the Gophers played, the Gophers just kept playing better. They really played good and they didn't have CC McGraw uh, playing their defensive player, but that Rachel kill Kelly came in and played a pretty good game. And, uh, a pretty good match and this Jenna Wenis, who is she good? She was like a hot shot recruit and uh you know didn't play a lot in the last year. I mean she wasn't like dominant because they had Samity and their the right. other friend Taylor Landfair. And then this year she started off and she was playing some and you know was not playing great. And boy, she's the she ended up being all Big Ten, and I can see why she is terrific. And this other kid, uh, Ida, Ida, they call her, even though it's not spelled like that. Mawabi, the senior, the fifth year senior from Japan, mm-hmm. she was terrific on uh, on uh, Sunday, Saturday night too. Uh, and uh, that Samity was just good, you know. She wasn't she wasn't a legendary like she can be. But uh, yeah, they're pretty good. Now they get Baylor beat them early this season, one of the top teams in the country. And then if they were to win, they probably end up getting Wisconsin on Madison's home court. So the odds are against them. But uh, but uh, once again, they're uh, you know it's it's the best program over there as far as excitement's concerned. I mean, you can go with women's hockey, but the you know there's only forty women's hockey teams in a country and there's 350 volleyball teams. So, uh, I don't think it's comparable, but, uh, here's what was funny though, Mike, Hmm. the coach, the Stanford coach, Kevin Hamley, who was coached the national championship team. And he was the best man at McCutcheon's wedding. Okay. So they're buddies and they're both tall, you know, guys. Hamley was up and running on the court, like on the fourth point of the night, wanting to get a review and he never sat down and Hugh McCutcheon and he called two timeouts each set. He called six timeouts. Hugh McCutcheon sat in his chair for three sets and never called a timeout. I never saw him stand up except when there was a timeout called by the other guy. He's a, he's an amazingly cool guy. He would be a guy you'd like to be that cool. Right. Yeah. But, that confident that just like yep. no check and that's you you hit it on exactly he knows he's good yep, <laughs> it's he really does it's really a, a lot of us hope we're good probably delude ourselves into thinking we're good but we aren't 100 sure we're just guy this guy 
is 100% sure of his volleyball knowledge, his ability to lead uh, young women into, uh, you know, to make them better and as volleyball players. And uh, he just knows he's good. And it's really a, and doesn't have to tell anybody how good he is. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trait that, all of us can be envious. <laughs> Damn near all of us can be envious of. But uh, I, uh, I am always impressed with that guy. Uh, can, he pl- can he play defensive back? I'm just uh, asking for a friend. Can he play defensive back in the <laughs> NFL? He, uh, he would not have gone in to prevent defense. Uh, he would have. So. He would have said, "Let's, uh, you know, they got a terrible offensive line. Let's keep attacking them." What do you say, fellas? <laughs> That's what. <laughs> That's what he would have said. Come on, our girls. He would have said, come on, young women, let's go here. Uh, boy, he never a misstep when he's talking about his team either. He'll be critical, but not, you know, real tough. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's over there and he doesn't, you know, he's got me in the media and I don't know what the hell I'm asking him, but I enjoy watching it. And he's got Charles Hanron from the spokesman yep. and he's somebody from the daily and that's it. You know, right. And then we had Jeff Day there too. And we're all trying to ask fairly knowledgeable questions, but we don't know bleep about what's going on. Right. We don't know anything. That's a, so he, he suffers. A, he, he has the quality of suffering fools in a, in a, in a classy style. You know? Yes. I've, I've always enjoyed dealing with him. He'll let you know you asked a stupid question, but not he doesn't make you feel bad about that, right? You know, yep. he, he's just a really uh he's just a really admirable character. Agree. Agree. Well, we'll see what they can do. Baylor, like you said, tough, tough opponent. And then they had to play probably Wisconsin after that. That's in that regional's in Madison. So we'll see how that shakes out. We'll see. Vikings short week this week. They play again. Another another chance, another bite at that apple right again on Thursday, baby. We'll uh, we'll see how that another goes for them bite as at well. That rotten, stinking apple that should have been taken off the shelf three weeks ago. That's, That's a it. good way to put it. Patrick, yes. thanks. We'll do this again All next right. week. All right. See you. Goodbye.